Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Coming up in this episode... God is great. Which God? Yours or mine? Just God, my friend. Christian Rank, head of drama at DR, discusses how the Danish public broadcaster is adapting its strategy in the face of competition from global streamers and cuts in government funding. And C21 international editor Richard Middleton reports back from the BBC Studios annual showcase in Liverpool last week, where despite a strong show of force from the UK public broadcaster's commercial arm and an appearance from Natural History National Treasure Sir David Attenborough, much of the talk centred around the series he's doing for Netflix instead. But first, a rundown of some of the news highlights from C21 Media this week. Long-serving HBO Chief Executive Richard Plepler and Turner Broadcasting Chief David Levy are stepping down as US telecom giant AT&T proceeds with its $85 billion takeover of Time Warner. Plepler, who's been with HBO for more than 30 years, overseeing shows such as Game of Thrones, The Sopranos and West Wing, is departing amid reports that John Stankey, CEO of the newly created Warner Media Group, is in talks with former NBC Entertainment chairman Robert Greenblatt about a senior role at the company. Meanwhile, Warner Media is also said to be in talks about selling its 10% stake in Hulu to Disney, further consolidating the Mouse House's control of the US streamer, which it's set to hold 60% of once its acquisition of 21st Century Fox completes later this year. 21st Century Fox was told to pay $179 million to the creators, actors and producers of crime drama Bones after an arbitrator ruled the studio had struck cut price licensing deals for the show. Fox execs, including Peter Rice, Dana Walden and Gary Newman, were accused of reprehensible conduct in their sales of the series, meaning lower fees for the cast, exec producer Barry Josephson and author Kathy Rikes, on whose book the series was based. Fox is appealing the fine, the second largest ever awarded in TV industry history. In other news, HBO and Channel 4 in the UK said they plan to go ahead with their upcoming Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, despite a $100 million lawsuit filed by the late pop star's estate. The four-hour film from UK-based Amos Pictures and director Dan Reed features testimonies from two men who claim the singer abused them as young boys. Red Arrow Studios said Chief Creative Officer Michael Schmidt is leaving in June after 15 years with the Proceeb and Satine's own company. Executive Vice President of Creative Operations Nina Etzpula is being promoted to Group Creative Director as his replacement. TFN-owned French production giant Nguyen continued its expansion into Europe with the acquisition of a majority stake in Demensen, the Belgian production company behind Netflix dramas Undercover and Hotel Beau Séjour. Finally, UK public broadcasters the BBC and ITV confirmed plans for the launch of a joint venture video-on-demand service 10 years after the competition authorities blocked their previous attempt. BritBox UK takes its name from the North American joint venture the two parties already operate together with AMC Networks. Further details of the new service and additional partners will be unveiled in due course. You can find an in-depth analysis of that story on C21 Media where you'll find more on all the rest and hundreds of others from across the international TV industry this week. 
BBC Studios, the commercial arm of the UK public broadcaster, held its annual showcase event in Liverpool recently, presenting its new crop of shows to international buyers and wheeling out stars including Sir David Attenborough to help promote them. But while the organisation recently unveiled its biggest ever commitment to natural history programming, it was hard to ignore the fact that Netflix has managed to lure Sir David to front its own upcoming blue chip factual series Our Planet and snagged an overall deal with Blue Planet 2 creator and exec producer James Honeybourne. C21 International Editor Richard Middleton sat down with BBC Head of Natural History Patricia Fernley, Unscripted Director Mark Reynolds and Head of Factual John Finlay to discuss these issues and the broader trends affecting documentary finance. I look after natural history specifically um, and I don't think things have changed enormously radically in our approach to funding with natural history aside from the fact China's become such a key player in our funding models. Often the funding partners aren't all on board at the point at which we green light. There are scenarios in which we as a distributor green light the entire project. Different territories will come on board at different times. So France and Germany, for example, are probably the next ones after US. Um, China come on board relatively, so far, it's been relatively late in the day, so sort of about 18 months from yeah, yeah. delivery. Um, more and more, we're hitting a point where there's, there's more competition in the China market. They're more keen to secure you know, the high-end content, and it, they, I think they recognise if they're going to do that, they need to come in and, and plant their um, stake in the ground a bit earlier. Mm. So I think we're using that as leverage to um, bring partners on board sooner and we're looking to do um, deals where it's not just one series that they'll partner up against it will be you know a several series in one go like we've done with Tencent um, there's been a package of programs agreed with them um, and that's so much easier to work with it allows us to a lot more flexibility a lot more um, reciprocation in our approach and making sure that we deliver to the needs of that co-producer as well because Tencent are keen to get a quite a broad set of marketing assets they want a lot of deliverables to really push the series out as much as they possibly can and the better we understand that and the more upfront we understand it the more we can create during the production process rather than scrambling around at the end to try and deliver something I mean the packages that you're sort of putting together now you know these are sort of legacy deals that we're seeing coming through are the deals basically the same because we're seeing sort of Netflix getting in, you know increasingly involved I mean the commissioning stuff but they're also sort of doing overall deals with like James Honeybourne does that impact you guys at all is that something you kind of have to deal Not with really now? I mean Netflix right. are doing their thing um we're doing our thing, it hasn't impacted on us not being able to fund programmes in any way. The, the, the unscripted space has become ever more successful. I mean, natural history as well as all the other genres are doing better and better, it feels. Well, I so. think what, what I think we're seeing in, in sort of all of our unscripted genres is that actually um, those programmes are starting to look and feel like dramas, feel like mm. scripted shows a lot more. Natural history's obviously been a kind of a forerunner for that for, for a number of years, but actually documentaries slightly perhaps slower to catch up. But now every time we we start sort of looking at successful documentaries, they've got those amazing narratives. They feel cinematic in scale and in scope, and that doesn't necessarily mean huge budgets. It's how you produce those shows. I think that as always, every producer wants to 
better the benchmark for them. So inevitably, when producers come to us, they are their ambition is going up, both in terms of the technology they want to deploy, the places they want to go to that are more difficult. We all know, well, they all know from experience that the longer they have in the field, the greater chance of getting results and deliver something that's truly hasn't been seen before. So whatever genre, we're always trying to match their ambition with the right funding model and, and sometimes there are limits to what but I think what we want from our, from the distribution side is, is a slate that we're really proud of that feels distinctive and definitive and definitely feels that it's pushing that benchmark each time in whatever genre. If we talk, because I mean Netflix are interesting because they're doing the Attenborough deal, they're taking sort of things that I associate very much with BBC and, and the world associates with BBC and I wonder if you see that as a threat. I think it's a reflection of how natural history as a genre is so successful at the moment. You know, of course other people are going to step into that space when it's flying high, you know, but mm. I still feel very confident about what BBC Studios is doing with natural history. Um, you know, if you, I don't know whether you'll be seeing any of One Planet, Seven Worlds, Hopefully, this yeah. showcase, but, you know, it each time you think they can't deliver again and then you watch what they've done and it just blows you away you know I mean the NHU's been around for 60 years plus we have other key partners that are independents that we've worked with for a long time and as we've announced we have a slate of our landmarks going right out to 22-23 so there's no you know, the ambition is absolutely still with us we have a fantastic set of executive producers series producers or people in every single craft element so our confidence and our ambition and our boldness with this genre isn't going away. So, I mean, yeah, the, that slate seemed like a bit of a flag plot. You know, you're saying this is, you know, it's a confident move, isn't it? And it's something, to be honest, that we, whilst we've only that, it's something we've been looking at for a long time. You know, because as where we started this conversation, those landmarks take four years to make. So you have to, out of all of our factual genres, it is the one that has the longer-term planning attached to it. So. You know, we're really proud and excited of that slate and we think every one of those series will deliver something different and will build on the one before. I think what Studios is absolutely brilliant at, amongst you know, hopefully a number of things, is selling really premium content. And we've done that in Naturalist, we've done that in Drama. We're doing that in Docs now. Um, we've always sold some great Docs, but we've never sort of been as focused and as clear that premium is the way forward. Um, so a great example of a series that we're looking after is um, the Assad series that BBC Two had last year. Uh, that was a brilliant example of um, narrative done in a documentary form really, really well. So I, I don't feel like Docs has ever went gone away. I mean, documentary filmmaking was some of the first films that were ever made, and, yeah. and it will be sort of uh, around for years to come, I'm sure. Uh, and I think there is actually probably more important now than ever to make really, really interesting documentaries. But they've got to be documentaries that get to an audience. That Assad series is a very good example of something that you could bring an audience to that might not have watched a sort of a, a very current affairs style programme about Syria, but they came to that because they wanted to know what was happening next. And actually what was quite interesting, I was speaking to a couple of um, people earlier, they were saying three hours wasn't enough. And I've never heard anyone say that three hours on Syria wasn't enough. Everyone's going, God, I'm Syria fatigued now. They wanted six, they wanted to keep going, uh, and I think that's a little bit through what the digital platforms have given us with volume um, in documentary series. Is it easier now to sort of fund a, a doc? If you've got a, re a sort of high-end vision for a doc, is it sort of easy to get that funding, be it through you know, pure BBCS financing or getting co-production partners or that sort so of thing? So I wouldn't say it's ever easy to fund any of these things, because as we know, traditional broadcasters' budgets are more stretched than ever before. 
documentary commissioners are expecting us to come with premium ideas. Uh, and if we don't come with premium ideas, it's probably easier to get a no. It doesn't mean it's, hard, it's easy to get a yes, because you've still got to come up with an amazing idea, an amazing bit of access. It's things that we've always done, but with a new form of storytelling. So I think that's what the, the step change for me really is. C21's Richard Middleton reporting back from BBC Showcase in Liverpool. You can read more about the event and the shifting dynamics of the unscripted market in the C21 Pro 2019 Factual Futures Report, publishing on our site now. The BBC isn't the only public broadcaster getting to grips with a fast-changing on-demand landscape. Those in Scandinavia have been at the sharp end of such shifts for a number of years now and are banding together to take action. Christian Rank, head of drama at Danish pubcaster DR, sat down with C21 TV to discuss the strategic rethink the network is currently embarked upon. You can watch the full video interview on our site, but for now, here's an extract from that. I think it's fair to say that, that, that when I'm talking about the shows that we have to hold close to heart, we really try not to be dictated by international trends because I think our entire foundation is created on first doing a crime series called The Killing that took 20 episodes and just solving one murder. That was certainly something the international market wasn't asking for. And once we had done that, we did a show about local politics in three seasons. I remember I worked at DR at the time when uh, Borden premiered, and I remember our then head of drama standing up at the premiere and saying, this is the one show we have that we know will never travel outside Denmark because it's about Danish politics. Nobody outside of Denmark will be interested. And to date, it's the best performing international show we've ever had. So I think there's an example of doing something super ambitious, uh, very local, that certainly turns out to have an international relevance. God is great. Which God? Yours or mine? Just God, my friend. Right Up in the Storm is a show that Adam uh, Prise, who also wrote Borgen, is writing for us. It's, it's essentially two seasons about faith and what it means to believe in something. And it's a story that I think is very close to Adam's heart. And it's a show that also tries to discuss the role of the church in modern society. Again, something that I so, certainly don't know if, that, if there was a recipe to that traveling the world. I think there was a We've, with that show, we've experienced a large amount of trust also from our international partners because we have the legacy we have. And just recently, we, Lars Mikkelsen, who's the lead, won an Emmy in New York for that show. So it's great to see that those kind of, of off-the-beaten-track shows still can come in and become relevant and become something that, that newsworthy. But again, I think it comes back to doing something that's locally relevant and that really discusses something questions that we're dealing with on a local basis and, and and I guess you can say that fortunately when we do that we tend to discover that maybe we're not all that different when you look at the themes that occupy us and and a show about faith what it means the church's position in Denmark might also be relevant in London Berlin or, or Paris the national public service broadcasts were the place you turn to for local drama now it's everywhere and that 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 calls for a discussion as to what we really are. Are we a distribution platform? Well, we are. We're a big broadcaster. Are we a production house? Yes, we are. We produce a lot of drama. But I think, uh, first and foremost, we're a content brand. And I think it's really interesting today to talk about public service as a content brand. I think what we do 
should feel special. It should feel local. It should feel special. It it should feel relevant. It should feel honest, and it should feel original. Obviously, there's there's so many good shows out there. There's so many good European ten episodes, sixty minutes budgets of approximately ten million euros out there. So maybe at the moment we're in a situation where we need to leave that middle ground because everyone has gotten so good at it. And then we need to focus on what's truly public service. And to me, that is doing really large stories with a huge cultural impact. And obviously we're not as rich as your Amazons or Netflixes, so we can't do that all the time. But, but by leaving the middle ground, we can prioritize those carefully selected large shows that really has a huge local uh, and cultural impact. As a public broadcaster, we're faced with our government just put a 20% budget cut on us with a wish from the government side in order to us to do a more focused station that should focus on being a, an alternative to the big entertainment giants out there. And one of the things where we are prioritizing uh, is on drama and it is on the collaboration with our uh, Nordic counterparts. We've joined into a, uh, uh, in Scandinavia, the public service broadcasters have joined into a, a partnership we call Nordic 12, which is basically an agreement that, that we make sure to clear the rights for each other. So each year we promise our, our audience that we will have the 12 best Nordic shows available for them on our respective players. And that's a way of trying to discuss in our region of Europe to keep a relevant discussion alive with our audience as to what is local culture, what are the local themes that, that we reflect on, that we would discuss, and keep that discussion alive across borders within Scandinavia. That's the ambition. Christian Rank from DR. Remember, you can watch the full video interview on c21media.net where you'll find hundreds of others. But for now, that's all we have time for in this episode of the podcast. Stay up to date with all the latest industry developments by following C21 online, on Twitter and on mobile. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 